Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 13. Lucky 13. That's right. Lucky 13. If you guys are joining us again and listening, we are so happy to have you back. If you're just tuning in, then welcome to It's All Fine and Danchy. Yes, indeed. I almost just spilt a full hot cup of black coffee on my lap as you were introducing the show, so my heart's yes, pounding. That was, that was a close one. <laughs> so we're doing this and that chit-chat, and we got our coffee. That's right. We're all nice and perky this morning. That's right. It is a Saturday morning that we're recording this one on. That's so. right. That is going to be our... We're going to try to make that our normal recording schedule because life gets hectic sometimes and we seem to be kind of alive well, Saturday mornings. So. You, you gave me this cookie with the coffee and I want to eat it so bad, but I don't know how to eat it on the, on you the air. People are going to hear you eating you're, it. You're going so to have to talk wait. for a long time while I just eat this thing. So everybody knows we eat very clean, but I did find these coconut and cocoa powder cookies at Costco that yeah. have like five ingredients. You're so going to ruin the magic for me, aren't you? They taste really good. If I know it's super healthy, then it's not going to taste as good. Stop. It tastes great. <laughs> so what's going on this week? I found out. So, so last week I announced some news. Yes. Right? Yeah. That my son had the opportunity to move to Hawaii. Well, things ended up falling through, um, which kind of sucks because I was excited for them. But yeah. they kept, things kept happening. And they kind of took it as a sign as uh, maybe we're not meant to go right now because just crazy things kept happening. So sometimes you have to listen to the universe and True. and and follow it and just say, okay, maybe a later time. So yeah, we no. hope that that'll be an opportunity for them maybe later. But awesome. right now it's off. But we're actually going to still have a get together with his girlfriend's family so that we all can get to know each other. Very nice. You know, they've been going out for a while. It's kind of serious. And we're just going to get to know their family and have a little little pool party, a little cookout. Be sure. fun. Yeah. Cool. So, and then we had date night last night. We did. We that need was a fun. date night. Yeah, we did. We got to do that more often. I know we just had our anniversary thing, but you know, a lot of couples go out once a week on date night. We used yeah. to do that all the time. I know. I think um, a lot of the couples that I know that are super busy, both full-time, triple job kind of people like us, they do set aside one night a week. I think everybody should do that, whether it's going out or just hitting the couch together, but you're hanging out. So we're going to make it a rule that we're going to pick one night every week to do no work. And that's that's going to be especially tricky for me, but that means no getting on your phone and do an email or anything else, just spending some time together. So uh, yeah, I'm glad you suggested because that. because we... We do spend time together, but normally if we are on the couch, we're doing stuff working for yeah. the podcast yeah. or businesses or whatever, school, whatever it may be. So right. we're sitting together, but we're not really just spending kind of the time together. Yeah. Right. So that's going to be on our calendar from now on. And Indeed. then dinner was really good last night, so it we did really eat was out. Good. I learned what my new favorite wine is because I did have a glass of wine last night. Okay, I had two glasses yeah. of wine and a martini. Don't let him fool you. Okay, but it's called. <laughs> I think it's called Amarone, Amaroni, something like that. Amaroni, something. Am- maybe 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know how to say it, but I know what my favorite wine is. It's really good. And the guy was explaining how it's uh, the grapes are aged for like five years till they dry out. Anyway, it was amazing. I also learned what EVU stands for. That's extra virgin <laughs> olive oil. I cannot. How do you live with me and not know what that means? That, it said EVU. So listen, guys, it said EVU all over the menu. E-V-O-O. And I'm thinking that's some kind of tofu thing. No, that's extra virgin olive oil. So I guess it's not even cool to say extra virgin olive oil anymore. Well, you have a, to have couple an acronym. Of my, a couple of my clients didn't know what it was neither. So, okay. So I guess you guys are off the hook, but yeah, living with me, you should know what that means. Well, you also learned last night something, right? <laughs> no, I you didn't learn anything. This. It was just funny that you used the word, in, uh, the wrong word. So Angie- Hey, listen to, okay- Set this up, though. I haven't drank for a long time, and I had one Moscow mule. That was it. And that was it. She's So she tells the the guy that's serving us dinner that we like wine, but we're not wine concierges. We're not a concierge of wine. Shut up. Connoisseur. (laughs) Oh, whatever. Anyway, it was cute. It was fun. And Father's Day is coming up. And though we didn't do a giveaway for Father's Day, we were going to, but it's just been so busy. We've got plenty of gifts to give away in the prize stash or whatever you want to call it. But um, I did want to give a shout out to all the dads out there. I bought myself something for Father's Day. I bought myself an Apple HomePod, finally. I've been wanting one of those. I got a really good deal. So Chris, if you're listening, thank you so much. It works great. Um, But I bought a pre-owned one for a fraction of the price. I love it. And it's one more thing in our house that's going to drive everybody crazy. (laughs) Uh, But it's got excellent sound when you play music Oh, the music is great. Yeah, it's really great. You know what I'll be doing during the day? Dancing and dancing. Dancing and cleaning and doing this and doing that. You got it. And I also wanted to thank my mother for sending me. She sent me a gift card to Amazon for Father's Day. I don't know. I mean, that was nice. Really don't need a Father's Day gift from my mom, but that was very, very sweet. And I really do appreciate it. So, and uh, I guess the last thing really for me is that on uh, Sunday, tomorrow, I fly out to Chicago. I'm gone for a week for business. Yes. Back for a couple days. And then I have a couple days of uh, business training type stuff here in Orlando. And then I fly out to San Diego to finish sort of the, the third leg of this training thing we're doing at work. So it's going to be a busy couple weeks for me. Yeah, you're going to be talking to pretty much everybody in the company within those next few weeks, right? Uh, most of the people, if they whoever comes to the Person, all of them, yeah, right? Not, but uh, most of the U.S. staff, yes. So wow. it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of people, but it's, uh, you know, I'm traveling with our CIO and members of my team, and uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be uh, very educational for the staff. So that's day job stuff. But uh, anyway, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm not excited for you being gone for that long. Well, I'm not excited about that part for sure. I'll but, uh, keep myself entertained though. Lots of work by lots of people have gone into play over the past year. And now I get to get in front of people and announce it. And, uh, you know, that's the easy part, really. It's uh, it's all the hard work that was done in the background. Yeah. You guys have been added. I'm telling you that. Yeah. I mean, so. even your staff. Hi, oh, they've everybody. Been, they've been killing it, yeah. I don't know if they listen, but they've been killing it. And, uh, well, and I'm very thankful for my team, as well as yeah. our team leader. You know, our, our CIO, is uh, he's uh, he's came in and shook the tree and got things in order and got things moving. And I, uh, yes. I love it. You know, this many people in a group, it's hard to say, completely say well-oiled machine because there's so many factors. But we have done so much in such a short amount of time under his leadership with... 
uh, I think experience in doing this kind of stuff, getting people moving, it's uh, that's a pretty massive undertaking. And and not to put too much information out there, but you know, I always hear you every week. Oh, I got to do timesheets tonight, and I hear you saying, "Man, these people are working overtime." Yes, yeah. they've been cranking, kicking booty, been. man. Yes, and I am very appreciative. I'm very thankful for my team. It's a lot of smart people, a lot of motivated people, and uh, it wouldn't work if it wasn't. So, that's right. anyway, that's it for me. That's uh, that's a big thing, and I think uh, that's probably it for me. But oh, one more thing, Angie hates the new mic covers I got. Oh, we're gonna post a picture of this. <laughs> So let me, I'm just, I'm just, yeah. Okay. I'm going to just say briefly why I did this, but we've I got, I mean, I don't hate them, but it's hilarious. So we break down the, the, when we, when we go to a guest, if a guest doesn't come to us, we pull the mics out of the boom stands and we put them in a bag. We pull all the mic covers off. Long story short, when we get there, we know which mics are ours. They're marked. And, but the covers that go over the mic are not marked. And I just get to thinking that I'm a little bit of a germ freak, but I started thinking as I'm breathing on this thing and I'm putting my lips on it because I talk too close, (laughs) I'm thinking, I don't really want to do that to the guests. So I bought red ones for us and then a black one for the guest. So So all the guests get each other spit. Well, they don't normally, but you know what I noticed? Guests don't get as up on it it as we do. They're not, you know, they're not necessarily as comfortable being on a mic. Sometimes I feel like we're, we're breathing right into it. And I've heard from people that work in radio that that's, that's where the germs pass. So I bought us bright red ones to match our business cards and our website. And Angie thinks they look like clown noses. We'll post a picture so everybody can decide for themselves. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. We're not leaving, but we're going to take a short break and we will be back with our guests. Let you know who that is in a minute and during our community call out. That's right. Stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back. And it's time for our community call out. Uh, I want to do a reminder that this month is all about literacy and reading and writing. And if you're a regular listener, today's guest is going to be a familiar voice. He runs an entire group of radio stations. He's also currently recording a new audiobook version of my first novel, In the Dark. And after that, if I can talk him into it, he'll be recording my newest novel, Lies That Bind. And yes, he is also that voice you hear at the beginning of each and every episode. So we want you to welcome Bill Files. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on here. We're, we're uh, excited to have you on and talk about things that are going on with you. Actu- yeah. Actually talk to the voice that intros us every week. <laughs> That's right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill, so so the audience knows who we're talking to. Okay. Well, um, I'm from um, originally from Massachusetts. Um my wife is from Michigan, so radio took me all over, um, not all over the East Coast, but a lot of the East Coast, and and then into the Midwest, into Michigan and Indiana, and wow. uh, yeah, so uh, so we ended up the the last radio station uh, job that I've got, which is the one I have now, brought us here to Florida about eight years ago. So that was a big uh, change in scenery, huh? Going from up north. To down here to Florida. Well, we were Southern Indiana, so it wasn't quite as bad as Massachusetts or Michigan, but it was still, you know, snow and cold. Sure. And, and we just love it here, absolutely. Every time we go outside, we'll just we just look up and say, "It's that, so great to be in Florida." That's common, I think, with people that have grown up in uh-huh. an area where there's snow. I'm from here. Hey, Angie, you're pretty much from here. Well, I claim to be 
a Florida native, but I'm from Michigan as well. Oh, so I know. Yeah, I that. Need that. What I part? Mean, uh, Wixom Wald Lake area, like hmm. 45 minutes north uh, west of Detroit. So little towns, little okay. towns. My yeah. wife is from Jackson. And oh. we, we lived in, I don't um, know where that is. that's to the left, to the left of Ann Arbor, about 45 minutes. I have family that lives in Ann Arbor. So okay. yeah, nice. still so, have a bunch of family up there. Actually. Those of us that were born and raised here, I know that you moved here young Angie, mm-hmm. but those of us that were born and raised here, I get super excited for snow. It's like the opposite is of you yeah. guys. So when I'm in uh, Canada or one of the Northern States and it's snowing, it's like we're in a meeting or a conference room, they all pick on me. Cause I'm like, Look, you know, pointing out the window like a little kid. So it's like the, it's like you guys with the sunshine, I guess. Yeah. Well, just to give you an idea, when when I I talked to my wife about you know where would we go for a cruise if we went on a cruise, and she goes somewhere warm. Yeah. Oh, she it's sounds like, like she's me. Just doesn't get enough of this no, warm. You no know? Alaskan uh-huh. cruises for you guys. Then? No, no. I mean, I not. do want to do the Alaskan cruise, but. When we do like family vacations, they want to go up north and see the snow, even if it's just North Carolina. I'm like, Mm-mm, I want to go on a cruise, someplace <laughs> right. warmer, right. more tropical. Can we find someplace more tropical than Florida? That's me. So yep. me, I'm me with and you. Her. I'm with you. Yeah. So, so just curious. So how, how old were like, were you an adult when you moved out of Boston? It was with the radio stuff? To go back a little bit, I was in the restaurant business for 20 years. I used to record the commercials for the restaurant that I owned part of. Oh, okay. And it was in, on Cape Cod in Hyannis and uh, a very successful restaurant. And I recorded those commercials and I would buy advertising on all these radio stations. Right. And and it seemed to work. And I had gone to college for radio. That's what I really wanted to do. Right. Is be on, on the radio or in radio in some capacity. And But I got in the restaurant business and I was making lots of money. So I... You know, didn't go yeah. go to the radio route. Sure. Well, when I sold my my shares of the uh, restaurant, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll try the radio thing. So I got a job as a sales rep at one of the radio stations I used to advertise on, and then eventually got to do a little on air work. And but it was always more money to sell advertising and like marketing to support myself sure and then ultimately support my family so i got into the management and advertising sales side of it rather than being on the air but i always you know always had an interest in doing things on the air sure yeah well you've definitely got the voice for it you you've also mentioned to me that you did some voice work and some theater work i think is that correct well, I've done a lot of commercials, okay. and um, when I was in college, um, I did theater work, college and high school. I was Peter in the Diary of Anne Frank, and you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very it was, cool. It was a long time ago. Did you enjoy it? I, I did enjoy it, but I, I'm much better at reading a script than I am memorizing and, and remembering the lines, so okay. I had a problem with with remembering the lines. I didn't mind being on stage, and I was never afraid to be in front of people. Um, but I'm much better off you can re- reading it. and knowing yeah. you know, what the script is. So I guess you kind of answered my question that uh, of theater and doing just the voice side, you kind of like just doing the voice side more. Right. And I probably, I probably have a, a better face for the voice side. You know, I'm, th- th- I have a good, Every, ra- everybody says that. I've got a, radio. I, <laughs> everybody says yeah. I've got a face for radio. Work. Right. <laughs> right. And when I, when I see myself on video, it always freaks me out yeah. because I don't think of myself as looking the way that I do when I talk. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I think that's probably think, everybody though. Maybe. Yeah. You know. 
I think you start it, analyzing and what, why am I doing that? Why am I making that face? Oh, or, when, yeah. Right, right. I, I, and you may not do it with just voice stuff, but for me, like I listen to our podcasts and I do it as a means. I believe people should listen to their show so you can kind of get better at things and not say things. But I, my voice doesn't sound like my voice to me at all. And in our, in our video recordings, I'm kind of like you. It's like... You don't really, you don't really, I don't think anybody thinks they look the way they look when they're doing what they do. Right. So. Well, that, that's me with dancing. I saw myself on video dancing with, with no sound once. Oh, no. And then that was the end with of dancing no for me. Yeah. But it's different when you add the sound to it. Of See? course. Then you're I like, suppose. okay, I'm on beat. I'm, yeah. do, I'm doing yeah. my thing. That uh, is just hilarious. For clarity, Angie, I never want to see video of me dancing because I enjoy dancing with you. So let's never look at video of it. Oh, oh my, my gosh. So this month we're kind of talking about literacy, reading, and obviously you have a love of reading because this is what you kind of are doing with your spare time, right? I, so when did you discover that love of reading? Was it as a child, a little later in life? Well, I, I used to love to, to listen to other people read mm. and to listen to recordings of, of reading. Um, I didn't really start reading books until uh, 1986, so I was... Uh, Man, you have the number I pegged. Was, I was... Well, I, 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 got <laughs> wow. a, I got appendicitis, and I went oh. into the hospital, and I, it, it was the, the old days when they slice you open, and, oh, and, yeah. it, and it got infected. Oh, geez. Oh, so I no. was in the hospital for 10 days, and then is- I couldn't do anything afterwards. I had to lay on my stomach and to sleep, and... Um, I picked up a paperback book, and it was the, like a detective novel or right. something, you know, some kind of thriller type mm-hmm. book. Sure. And and that's and then I became a voracious reader because I would wow. read I would read to put myself to sleep, and I I did a lot of reading. And it probably kind of took your mind off of the pain that you were in. Right. We, and it, we've well, done it, some research on that, and it actually takes you, activates these certain areas of the brain that can. But those are, that, that's stuff. what it, that's what happened when I would read read to put myself to sleep. But mm-hmm. but when I when I was you know had the appendicitis, it was just a matter of taking up time. I didn't have a TV, and so the only thing I could do is read. Yeah. Otherwise, I just lay there. So, but um, then we had kids. We got married and had kids, and and I used to love to read stories to my kids. Oh, love that's it. And relatable. I would, and I would take on the characters. Oh, I bet in the book and. Yeah. Uh, I think really probably that's a niche um, that you know they say when you do audiobook narration that um, you know certain people will read certain kinds of books. Sure, I like I like the thriller that you wrote, and yep. so I wanted to read that. But uh, I also love children's books, so I think I may go that route too. Absolutely, we'll, yeah, we'll I could see. see you doing that. I think you know, to me, and I'm not undermining the the technical skill required to do children's books, but you can get a little silly with voices when you do that. When you do an adult book, like um, like reading a thriller or any adult book, really, doing different characters has to be noticeable enough for the listener to, and I'm a big audiobook fan, it has to be noticeable enough for the listener, but not ridiculous. So right. there's a definite skill in that, especially if it's like a man doing a woman's voice or a woman doing a man's voice. Um, to so, me, that's impressive. Yeah. So when, besides the recording for for books, what is the genre books that you enjoy reading? Well, when I'm not reading them to record them, I read um Lincoln Child, uh, who writes a, a, um, 
a series called Jack Reacher. I don't know if oh, you've yes. heard of that. I've seen the movies. Um, yeah, we've well, seen the movies, and they, not the they, book. They cast the absolute worst person for that movie. Did those they movies. really? Well, he, wait, Tom he's Cruise, short. Yeah. Jack Reacher is is he, he he got the name because he could reach things. Oh, and and, and the, this is where the author got the name. It's not yeah. not where the character got the name, but you know he's this six foot uh, five inch you know hulk of a guy, and they cast Tom Cruise That's to play really the part. Weird, yeah, really weird. <laughs> I I won't even watch the movies because I'm I'm so offended by the you <laughs> the gonna, choice. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know what though, I I get that way about books that are near and dear to me too. Yeah. So most of the time the movie is does not do it justice. I think the only exception to that me is prob- for me is probably the Lord of the Rings series. Those mm-hmm. were because the director was a giant nerd for the books and they all had carried the books around on set and referenced them. But I think that's probably common. Um, and not just from the casting, that's already a bad sign, but how they have to chop it up and remove parts of it or whatever. But so that means your favorite genre is really like the detective mystery thriller to read for my own personal entertainment. Yeah. yeah. I think for me to read, to to narrate, uh, wouldn't be those, probably. It would be... Um, one of my, my favorite audiobook of all time is is Timeline by Michael Crichton. Oh, I love that book. I've never yeah. heard the audio oh, version. And fantastic. I don't remember the book, so I should probably get that audiobook. Yeah. I had it, and I loaned it to somebody, and they didn't give it back. It was a 13 and a half hour audio Oh, this book. is old school when it was like on tape. Yeah, cassettes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, but... It was, and my kids listened to it too because we listened to it while we were driving. Yeah, but the and I and I would love to have the voice um, that that guy has that narrated. I, I don't know his name offhand, but uh. do you find yourself um, just because of life getting busy and on the run all the time, moving around? Do you find yourself leaning more towards audiobooks, or do you still make time or find time to to read an actual paperback or a, a novel? I listen to hours and hours of audiobooks. Uh, yeah. Richard Ferrone is a, an audiobook narrator who does a lot of big titles, and and uh, I listen to him. I would pick books because it was narrated by him. I was going to ask that. Um, and and so I, I listen to a lot of them. I haven't listened to an audiobook um, in a few years because I have a Kindle. Yeah. And okay. so and 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 I don't listen. I never listened to audiobooks when I was going to go to sleep at night. Right. So that's almost always when I read. It's when I'm unless with audiobooks I used to listen to them while I drove. Right. But I don't drive a long distance now. You know, more than twelve or fifteen minutes, and you really can't, you can't get listen into to much it. of an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, so to answer your question, I, when I did listen to audiobooks, I, I listened to I would listen to one right after another. I mean, I, I probably listened to a hundred of them. I'm sure. I did. Wow. Wow. Um, it's a lot of listening. Are you familiar? But if you're with- traveling, I mean, that that's a great way to. Yeah. I mean, work it when I'm on the bike. If I'm going for a bicycle ride, which I love to yeah. do, it's been a while. Um, I that's I love it. I'll start one, and if it's like a two and a half hour ride, it's perfect. You know, I just lose myself in it. Um, but are you familiar with Whisper Sync uh, from Amazon? Because I have a Kindle too, but they have a thing now where if you buy the Kindle book for a few bucks more, you can have the audio book and vice versa. And the way it works is really impressive. It will remember where you are in the book reading. So if you open the audiobook in the car, it picks right up where you left off. Really, really. And when That's... you get back to your Kindle, it picks right up where you left off on the audiobook. So wow. I have switched back and forth through a novel. It's kind of neat. 
doing See? that. He knows all this tech stuff, doesn't if he? If you need help with it, I'm telling you, he's your go-to. <laughs> but, but to me, that's brilliant because the family is. every time they have questions, Dan, uh, panic. <laughs> Just don't tell me something's broken or not working properly as we're walking out the door because no. I don't care if we're going on vacation. I have to fix it. I have to yeah. stop and fix it. Don't tell me like. My smart switch isn't working. I have to diagnose it. I have talked to the kids and told them there's no more. If we're leaving to go somewhere, if something doesn't work, you don't say anything. (laughs) Really? (laughs) You wait till that's funny. I just can't stand it. This man cannot leave the house until it's fixed. And then we're 15 minutes late or 20 minutes late. It's like, no. I just like things to work the way they're supposed to. That's so it sounds like you've been you've been doing voice work for a long time. When did you discover that you really wanted to do voiceovers for books? Is that what it's called, a voiceover? Am I saying um, that right? Audiobook. Is, yeah. yeah. Audiobook yeah. narration. Um, I've been wanting to do it for a long time. And uh, and I didn't have a home studio. Really, um, it was it was Dan I mean, I mean, that, that pushed me over the edge because I wanted to do it for a long time. I, I recorded um, a bunch of uh, my, my daughter who just had a baby about 10 weeks ago. She lives up in Indiana, and she wanted to have the the books that I used to read to her on on the, you know recorded, so she could play the baby the books while while in utero. Oh. What a great gift! Yeah, wow. So I recorded "Make Way for Ducklings," uh, which is a big Boston children's book, um, right. and uh, "Good Night Moon," and uh, oh yeah, we all know that one. A couple <laughs> other ones, and sent them up to her via mp3 i mean it's amazing what you can do now and she put it on her um mobile device and and would put it on her stomach and play it for the baby so when i facetime with the baby um it i can see that the baby recognizes the voice now i I don't know if he really does or not i like to think he does well i read um, about studies about that yeah, yeah because i used to read to jacob and rachel before they were born as silly as that sounds but i read about that they do know your voice because they already know like mom's voice from the vibrations in her body yeah. so I, I believe that's absolutely true yeah. that's a great story and i do believe it is a vibrational type thing and the they, pitch and yeah. everything the tone mm-hmm. wow so um so anyway to answer your question so doing that kind of thing i i, I remember saying to uh, one of the people at the radio station when i came out of the studio you know i've forgotten how much i love doing this yeah. and then it was like the next day i met daniel fox and uh, meant to be and, well, well people say <laughs> to me know. so how did you how did you end up getting that and i said well this guy, I've been introduced to this guy who's who is an author, and I said, "Oh, what kind of books do you write? You remember?" Yeah, I totally remember. And, and, oh, he yeah. he, he said, was excited when he came home. I yeah. remember that. He said, "He said I write thrillers," and I said, "I love thrillers." Yeah. He goes, "Here's my book." Yeah. yeah. So I love telling that story. So real quick for the audience, I was at the one of the local radio stations here, and I had met with one of the local hosts, and we talked about my books and stuff. And I was leaving the building when Bill walked in. And uh, we just chatted for a minute. I didn't even know who he was. I handed him the book. And then the people that were with me after he walked away said, that's a guy that runs the whole ship here. And I was like, what? Oh, well, that's cool. I hope he likes it. And then I heard within a day or two that Bill's loving the book and wants to know who you are. And I was just thrilled that uh, yeah. that you enjoyed it so much. So that's kind of how our friendship started with all of this. We, we went over to see Pink in Tampa. Right. And, you Lucky know, you. Yeah. Angie, Angie <laughs> would love that. We had, we had amazing seats. It was a great show. Wow. And she's, you know, she's got a bit of a potty mouth, but she cleans it up for the concerts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so kids come. Sure. And she doesn't, you know, she's, she's really does it pretty clean, but she's an amazing artist. Anyway, we were over there for that. And, and whenever we weren't at the concert or out to dinner or, or something, I was with that book. 
and reading it in the sun and you know and and I'd, I'd stop and I'd look at Linda my wife and, and say wow you wouldn't believe what's happening right now and, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and She's I can't like, I can't I gotta read it next <laughs> yeah I can't figure out what's going on with this guy and uh, I love that and as it was happening as I was reading I was thinking I could read this book I could narrate this book yeah and awesome. um, I was hoping uh, that he didn't have somebody already that had done it yeah um, so. Anyway, we got together when we get back, when I got back. Yeah, that's great. There, um, Bill's talking about In the Dark, my first novel, and I really didn't mean for this to be a big commercial about the book, but that's very flattering. Actually, I do have an audio book version of it, and it's great, and Timothy McKean is amazing, but timing worked out really good because I have to make some changes to the book for reasons I won't go into, so that's easy to do on the print version, right? You make the changes, you upload the new version. For an audio book, it's a mess. So it's really good timing for us to kind of sort of reboot the audio version of the book, um, launch. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm doing some changes on the back end, too. I'm changing the covers of both of my books to be more similar uh, and to be more like a regular um, thriller novels. And I've gotten some feedback that uh, the covers are great. The guy that did the artwork on the first one, especially, I'd say the cover is great. The first one. Uh, he's an amazing artist. I have the art framed in my room. I love it. But I've had some fans of the story say, wow, I would have never read this because it looks too much like a horror movie or whatever. And they heard it word of mouth. And so it's. I think it's really good timing. New audio book, mm-hmm. new covers, new updates. Yeah. It's like a relaunch for me. And I'm working on, I keep saying this, but I'm working with the manager of Barnes & Noble up in Altamont. Um, and he's going to let me do a book signing in there, but there's some things I have to get sort of worked out on their sort of requirements side. So it's all good timing for all this stuff. So, so you know, what would be really great is if by the time you do that book signing, if Bill has done the audio version already, right? Yeah. No you pressure. guys could go up together. Oh, that would be very cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because that would give exposure for you too, if there's other authors or yeah. you know because you have people that of course. show up to mm-hmm. book signings that oh, are, are networking right they're hmm. there to make more contacts yeah and so, I do you know, and, I and I know a pretty good amount of uh, other authors up and coming authors now so just from being in the uh, just being in it now there's sort of like a community of authors that are very supportive of each other some really good stuff out mm-hmm. there um, but yeah that'd be interesting and just for clarity um, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with audiobooks that's the obviously the voice read version of the book most common place to get it is from Audible. That's where the book will be once we once we've uh, once Bill's completed it. We've kind of worked together and got all the kinks ironed out. So um, more information to come on that. Um, but on that note, we've heard snippets of the work that you've done in the book and um, the beginning of our show, of course. And we are going to play an excerpt from In the Dark, the book that you're working on for me during the break. But can you tell us a little bit about your voice recording process? I was going to ask you if you sort of read as you go or if you pre-read and act it out. And based on some of our earlier conversation here, I'm guessing that you read it as you go. It doesn't sound like you're reading it, which is impressive. Yeah. I wondered if you read a few sentences ahead and then just sort of acted out. Or are you live reading as you go? Well... I read the whole book first, right? Okay, and and because you, I think you, I think you have to do that, and then and to know the character, know where it's going. Sure, yeah. Although you know, one might say that if you didn't know it, maybe it would be it would be more realistic. But I, I, I don't think so. I, I think you have to read the whole book, and so that's what I did. And then when I record, I just pick up and start reading. Yeah, and you know, I knew I. I knew I wanted to read your book because it's, it sounded like me talking. Yeah. And that, 
um, that's really important. That, you know, there are some books that just don't have the flow of the way I think and I speak. Right, of course. So, so I don't know if I could read those or not. I got you. Well, there's That's so, what I was going to ask. Would yeah. you base taking um, those jobs on if you really made a connection with the book because you feel like you'd do it more justice? Yeah, I think I would have to do it that way because there's a, a, a certain cadence, the way, you know, pace of, of speaking and phrasing. Sure. You know, I would be always wanting to change the way something was said. Uh, of course. Was written. I and gotcha. I, yeah. Yeah. So it's the same with children's books. The ones that I chose to read to my children are the ones that I like to read. Yeah. yeah. And that were fun for them. I mean, they, you know. What you did with reading to your kids stuck with them because your daughter wanted you to read those books for her children. So right. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. We were up in Indiana visiting, and and she said, "Would you make a recording of Goodnight Moon?" And right. I had the um, I had the phone. All I had was the mobile phone to mm-hmm. record into, and I did it. And by the end of it, she was in tears, just remembering. Yeah. You know, oh my goodness! Because it was we read every night. It was we'd get they'd get two books every night, yep. and. Uh, they, I, I usually I would pick one, and they they would pick mm-hmm. one, and and they always pick the ones that were familiar to them. So um, that's where it came from. I guess that's funny. I did the same thing too. It didn't really stick as far as them wanting to read, at least as teenagers. Now I don't know if it's just the culture now, or there's too much other stuff to do online or whatever. But I that's that's a question that we've asked some of the guests. Is you know have you instilled a love of reading with your kids? It sounds like you have. D- did your children read throughout their lives as they grew up or? Do you know one? My oldest son is a is a big reader, and he likes to write. Oh, nice! Um, uh, he hasn't written anything, you know, like a book, but he's written things that amaze me. Kind of like when I met you after reading the book. It's like wow, that, all that was in his head, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so when my when my son wrote a, a short story. I couldn't believe it. You know, I read it and I thought, this is really good. And yeah. It came out of your head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, so he was a he was a Harry Potter, um, all these dragon series sure. of uh, stuff that I would never read. Yeah, when and, I was younger, I could read that. I can't really read it now. No. I don't know what happens. I guess your suspension of disbelief is only so far when you get to be an adult. Right. You know? And it's some of, it's true I think with some of the Stephen King stuff and I know he's your fa- your favorite he's author. He's one of them, yeah. Because sometimes it's just like he's just making the stuff up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean and he is. He is. Yeah. But it, but it's so far out that I, it's hard for me to believe it. I, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm hit or miss with Stephen King. Some of them I love, some of them I'm like this is I now is it it's going? gone fantasy. I can't. <laughs> and, and again, let me sort of retract what I just said because I don't think it's about being an adult. I know plenty of uh, intelligent adults that love the fantasy stuff. I just can't if it gets too far out there for me, I'm I may be more like you, Bill, where I like the thrillers. I like things that I feel like could happen. And that's why I like Michael Crichton too, because he gets kind of you know, he he's dead now. But uh such a great author. Wasn't he? And he you can't really tell. Like you'll be reading a chapter and realize this is ridiculously not possible, but where did we go from real to fake? He was really good at that, you know, blurring the line. But uh, do you see audio voice work as something you want to pursue long term? I would love to do it. I mean, I I would love to do it all the time. Yeah. Um, Full time? Yeah. The thing is, it's difficult um, with with the different things we've got going on for me to devote a lot of time to it. Uh, So I built a studio at the house and I want to be able to 
say, you know, I'm I'm in the mood to uh, read and just go in and, and do it. And right. uh, um, I think that that'll it's very soothing for me to do. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign. I mean, I, it, this is the same thing too. So, I, and I always feel like I want to clarify the way I say this, and I'm sure you feel similar. But like my day job, I'm an IT director for an engineering firm. I I love that I have such a great career with that. It's a it's a very busy and fulfilling thing to do. But my true dream would be to be an author full time. And I say to Angie, you know, when that happens and when we're traveling. I could write for 15 hours a day. I, I, maybe not seven days a week, but I could do it for f- four or five days a week. Absolutely. Because it, I disappear into it. I don't feel like I'm working at all. Um, and so it almost sounds like the vibe I get from you is that's what you kind of feel like when you're doing audio work, that that's a relatively tedious process. And one could argue that writing is too, but just for the audio stuff I've done with a podcast or audio stuff I've done, I'm doing a training video for work right now. That's a lot of record a chunk, clip a piece out, re-record a piece. Um, do you find that to be tedious or is it just a smooth flow for you? Well, I think I'm unusual in that if I read something that I've written or something from someone who speaks like me, like like you, you're writing it's kind of like my writing, at least. I'm, I, I'm not saying I could ever write what you write. Sure, no. But, yeah. but I can read what you write. Right. So um, I can. I did a chapter in the book yesterday and read the whole thing, and I think there were two or three mistakes in one chapter. Wow. So um, now that doesn't mean it doesn't need to be edited. It definitely does because you got to take out breaths and sure and clicks and yeah. and and it turns it turns. I'm not going to be able to use that anyway because I I don't have my what we we're talking about before about the computer. Right. There were some glitches in there, but but once I'm set up, uh, every once in a while they'll have me re- record a commercial at the radio station, and I, and I can walk in and if I've written it, I can walk in and read it. And usually get it in, you know, a sixty second commercial with in one shot. Wow. That's so awesome. That's not always. And sometimes it's just a one line that that gets me that I have to Yeah, we do, do that over too. and over again. <laughs> yeah. We definitely do that too. But one day we're gonna do like an outtakes reel because it's hilarious. We're yeah. you know, for some reason once you get snagged, your brain knows that snag spot and you keep snagging no matter how many times you do it and you gotta just take a breath, take Get a break. Mad or you start cracking up. It's, yeah. it's, it's worse if you're hilarious. with somebody, I think. Yeah, you know, of course. If, if I'm by myself, <laughs> it's not so bad. But I think it's gonna get easier um as I as I know that the room is right, that the computer's working properly, yep, that I have things set up, I'll be able to read a lot. Right, right. Yeah. Um I think I think, and I don't want to put myself uh, uh, peg myself too much, but I think probably the the books that I'm going to be most interested in reading are narration. When when you know book narration is really is what I want to do. So I'm narrating. I'm not really acting. Right. Like you're acting in my books for sure. Well, there's some acting in there. Yeah. Yeah. But you mean narrating like um, third person kind of books for the most part, historical stuff. Oh, I like, got you. you. Did you ever see the Ken Burns series on the Civil War? Oh no, but why do I know the name Ken Burns? He he did the the PBS uh, series. It was a wonderful series about the Civil War, and the narrator yeah. was incredible. The narrator was the guy that used to do the Chrysler commercials, and he would walk around the Chrysler, and he had this. Um, this is a while back. I'd have to look up his name, but right. he's, he's, he talks about, you know, 
uh, Gettysburg, and it's got this voice, and the music in the background is that you know southern you southern uh, you know yeah. music that just draws you in, and yeah, you feel like you're you're really learning about the Civil War. I, I think see you doing narration type stuff, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And it's like the guy he does the. Um, like Discovery Channel. I was gonna say stuff. that guy. I you don't know, know his... his voice. Like if if we played a snippet, you'd know. His, oh, that's the guy that does like the he's, Discovery Channel or Nature a, Channels and stuff. He sounds like an older gentleman, and he's got a uh, like a British, uh, British accent. accent. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the the one that does the the world. Uh, that, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know his name. We we don't I'm, have to nail his name, but yeah. that, that's the same kind of thing for me to where it goes perfect. And the whole documentary is actually more interesting than it actually would be for me mm-hmm. because of his voice. So yeah, I think you definitely have a career in this. No question. I mean, well, and now great. I'm saying this as a fan of audiobooks, and I've listened to countless audiobooks too. I, I'm well, always what impressed. What did by I them. say when I heard you played it for me? And I'm like. Oh my God, he's got to do the book. Yeah. Like he's got to do the book. Yeah. You're, I mean, mm, thank you. And I am, I'm like you, I don't know how you are when you listen to audiobooks, but you said you, I have to be drawn into the voice. Yeah. Right. Because I've tried to listen to other audiobooks. And if I don't like the voice from the beginning, yeah. it's just like reading a book. If I, if I'm not captivated on the first page, I can't read it. Yeah. Right. It has to be believable. And there's, there's a guy that, that has made, a lot of money recording books and I've listened to them and I s- sometimes suffer through it because there's, there's certain authors that they vary the, the, ne- their, their audiobook narrators. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Stephen King does that. He, he does. He, yeah. he had dozens of them. Yeah. Um, and you know, you get one, this, this guy had done, had done several books. I don't remember his name. Um, he's from Gr- the Grand Rapids area and, right. um, I, I I don't like listening to him, and I don't. And I, I I would say to my wife, I don't know how this, this guy ever got the job. Right, but you like the books and the author, so yeah. you kind of. So, so I suffer through it, he, right? Yeah, but I don't enjoy it the way I do when listening to, um, you know, someone like Richard Ferrone, who I mentioned. Sure. Uh, who is a New York uh, guy? Used to be on Law and Order, little you know, cameos on Law and Order, and he's kind of gruff New York mm-hmm. voice. Right. Now he couldn't do every book, but right. he, you know he's certain books he he does. And- well, that's yeah, that's what's so interesting to me because I don't necessarily. Th- I think I'm with you on that. I don't necessarily think it's always the skill set. It's just not a good fit. And one of the things that Stephen King does with his uh, short stories is he's some of the older ones. Uh, maybe he does this with the new ones, but some of the older ones I was I was just listening to. It's a famous actor that does each short story. It's a different one for each one. And some of these actors are great. I've seen them in movies, and it's ter- it's unlistenable. Some of them, some of them are awesome on the, but it's just a bad fit. The reader yeah. is not a good fit for the story. So I totally get what you're saying. And then there's times where you're completely enthralled and lost in an audiobook mm-hmm. because it's such a good fit. But um, what's funny about that is it's usually the author who picks the person who does the reading. So they felt like it was a good fit. Or the agent. It or may the, be agent. the agent. Okay. So it's not maybe always the author. Yeah. I don't know it. how okay. it works when you're that big. I'll, I'll tell you when I get there though. <laughs> yeah. Just re- remember <laughs> the, the little people. Out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Man. You'll be, you'll be there too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I do think you will be there too. I, I really I do. I think so too. Yes. I think you have a, I think you have a career in this. If you keep pursuing it, I think you've got a perfect voice for it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's it. 
That's the show. Wrap it up. That is the show. Well, um, but we want to thank you for coming on, Bill. It's been really nice chatting with you as always, but you know, on the show here. And I'm looking forward to working with you further on the books and uh, whatever else we come up with. Awesome. Well, it was great to be here. The, I, I love it. I, I love finding Angie. Oh, yes. You listen in the car, don't you? Yes, I do. Yay. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to take a quick break. And during the break, we're going to play a clip from Bill Files reading from my first novel, In the Dark. So check it out. And we'll be right back. Honey, what's the last thing you remember about Tuesday night? I think for a moment. Tuesday night. Then the panic comes over me like a tidal wave. I can't remember anything about any night. I rack my brain, searching for the last thing I can recall. It isn't last night. It isn't even last week. I can't remember anything, and I don't even know who these people are. I feel a cold shiver run up my spine to the base of my skull, sending goosebumps all over my body. I'm shivering. What the heck happened? I start to get up. The IV pulls tight on my right arm, pinching my skin. I attempt to swing my legs off the bed, but they're stuck under the blankets. The nurse darts over and attempts to hold my arms. Mr. Lewis, stay calm. Calm down, she says. Calm down? What the heck am I doing here? I push her back hard with my good arm and she stumbles away from me, tripping backwards and falling flat on her bottom. I try to pull the blankets off my legs with one hand. It proves to be challenging. Just as I've almost got my legs free, the nurse springs up behind me and does something to my IV. I suddenly feel myself falling back into my pillow, back into the black again. Silence. Hi guys, welcome back. It is time. It is that time for the information station. We thank you guys so much for listening once again and hope you enjoyed that interview with Bill Files. He is a great guy and we look forward to working with him in the future, especially with Dan's book. That's books. right. I'm going to pretend like I wasn't just eating. He was. He was eating that coconut cookie I was talking about earlier. So we did, um, I thought something was super interesting that we talked to Bill about when he said that his daughter had him record his voice of books that he used to read her as a child. Yes. And for, while she was, yeah, while she was pregnant, right. she would put the little headphones on her belly right, and play it to her baby. That's right. Yeah. And then he, he said that once he started FaceTiming the baby as it got a little, you know, older, he can swear that the baby recognizes his voice. And I totally agree with that. A hundred percent. Yeah, I do too. I did the same thing as I mentioned to Bill, um, before my kids were born, but I'm sure there's some science to that, and I'm guessing that's what you're going to tell us. I sure am, Daniel Fox. So I like to do, I like to look up, I don't like to just Google it because there is like Parenting Magazine and this and that, and some of those are opinions and of don't course, really yeah. go into the research of it. But I mean, it's good stuff, but it's yeah, not necessarily scientific sometimes. Yeah, some of it's opinion, you know, you really want it to be, you know, studies that have been done. So I did find one right. that it really talks about, um, uh, a baby's or a fetus's exposure to music, but it went into some other detail as well. So they did a, a little bit of a study where they exposed the, um, the mom saying like twinkle, twinkle little star five days a week. Right. And then at birth, she sang the same song. And then at four months, they tested the baby to see if there was a response to it. And even in, in the change of notes from somebody else doing it, Right. And I mean, how do you measure if a baby is recognizing? Now, this is four months old, actually. Four months born. old. Okay. Yeah. So 
but but they had two groups where they studied moms who didn't sing the song and moms who did. And the babies who were saying that song in in utero responded birth, to it. Responded. I'm sure they could tell responses by movements or Oh uh, yeah, it's like a head turn. It's like um uh when a baby sucks, you know, has sucks wanting food, sometimes they do it not when they're hungry. It's just, you know, like involuntary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But so I thought, but what they also went into is that babies can recognize environmental sounds that yep. they're exposed to in utero. So if you live in a busy city, they're used to that sound already. Wow. Isn't that cool? That is cool. They can also recognize their native language. Really? Yep. And of course, their mother's voice. Right. As opposed to another woman's voice. Yes. That I always figured, I guess I always figured that like the vibration of your body, you know, like if you ever put your ear on someone's chest, I always imagined that must be kind of what it sounds like to a baby in there. Yeah. Yeah. The the vibrations, but I'm sure like even if you're in another room that's insulated or you're, you know, when you're underwater and yeah. you can hear kind well, that, of, but yeah. not really make that's it That's what out. I mean. So, yeah. yeah. Like the pitch, the yeah. tone, the, the vibration, uh-huh. all of it. So it makes sense then that if you are introducing another voice constantly, consistently, yep. that the baby would recognize it yep. in that, some way or form. I that makes total really sense. Cool. Yep. That, that was my philosophy too, in that I wanted Jacob and Rachel to know my voice, maybe not as well as they know their moms, but I wanted them to know, oh, that's the voice I've been hearing. And yeah. they probably hear that anyway, just when you're talking around the yeah. house. Yeah. But wow, that's cool. But if it's... If it's a regular thing that you're doing, like a book that you read over and over yeah. and over again, repetition is how we learn, sure. right? Yeah. So why couldn't it be doing something to their neural pathways while they're developing? Yeah, very true. You know, especially during that time when their brain is really doing the development in the early stages. I thought yeah. that was cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story that Bill told about that, How you know, how he did that. Yeah, I mean, but the only thing I was say, well, something this brought out too is that babies actually learn while they're sleeping. So you would think, okay, if I'm putting those little headphones, which, you know, they sell those on Amazon, little microphone things that you can put on your belly when you're pregnant. Um, Well, am I disturbing the baby when babies pretty much sleep almost the whole time while they in are in utero? you're saying you should pipe in like stuff about science and math over and over and over. I don't know, maybe. I mean, they say that, you know, this study was kind of done on music. Right. And, you know, you hear about classical music and stuff like that. Sure. But I was just thinking, not to think you're disturbing the baby, but to also be careful maybe of volumes and stuff around. I don't know. Maybe it could do something to their auditory development if it's too loud of a noise. I'm sure they're insulated in there well enough. That'd be some more research we'd need to do. But it also explains why that was Chandler that had the issue for listening to the tape that said you're a woman. (laughs) Yes. On Friends. friends. (laughs) So, yeah. but, but, you know, people can learn in their sleep too. Yeah. There are those, uh, I don't want to say hypnosis, but it's that kind of thing, right? So in the brain, there's these event related potentials. Those are the ERPs. Yep. So event related. So your surroundings, what's going on. Right. So, but they, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool little uh, study. So I just thought it was fascinating. That is fascinating. So read to your belly or introduce, you know, people that live in another state. If you want them to recognize their grandma or grandpa's voice, yeah, try to do something like that. Well, you, I think that's really cool. You know, Bill was talking about doing it like MP3s back then, which you could still do. You could mm-hmm. still email a file to your, um, you know, your kids if they live somewhere else. If you've got um, 
you know, I guess it doesn't have to be your kids, anyone you know that's pregnant that you want the baby to know your voice or whatever. Um, but you can also do voice, uh, you know, video calls these days, FaceTime or whatever with the baby, the unborn baby. So that's yeah. cool. Very yeah. cool. Um, well, I mentioned in our last episode that I would talk about uh, reading programs for adults because we focused mostly on kids last episode. And because this is our month of literacy and reading, and I don't know if we keep mentioning the theme of the show when we start, I think we forget to do that, but, uh, I I think you do. I forgot, I forgot to do it. But anyways, so I did learn that there are several summer reading programs for adults, almost everywhere in the country. If you go to your local library, like for us here at the Orange County library, they do them for cooking and art and other themes related, but it's all reading at the Maitland library here. They do it, um, different counties in the area. It's not just Orange County. Seminole has their own as does Lake County. The, um, the list goes on and on, but really wherever you live, wherever your local library is, almost all of them have some sort of summer reading program for adults. And that's for keeping you reading over the summer the same way that they want to keep um, children reading. However, if you don't know how to read and you're an adult, there are online programs you can purchase for most of them seem to be in the neighborhood of $100 with videos and self-taught kind of thing. And if you don't have the money like that to spend on it, there are plenty of free adult and family literacy resources out there. For instance, here in Florida, there's the Florida Adult and Family Literacy Resource Center. They have resources online. They have free webinars online that teach you reading or point you to other resources online that would teach you reading. So I'll put some of these links in the program notes. If you're listening to this on your device, scroll down and you'll be able to uh, you know, click on those links and find out. So I thought that was pretty cool for, especially if you're an adult and you're trying to figure out how to learn to read and maybe you don't have the money to hire a tutor or to pay for a class. Speaking of like charity and giving back, I want to just put out there again that if you have any, you know, extra books, especially kids books or just, you know, any lightly, gently used books that you're not using anymore, please reach out to us. We would love to come and collect those from you. Indeed. Um, because we will donate those to whoever we're working with at the time, either Bags, Bags of Hope, of Hope yep. or any of the, um, we haven't really done any literacy charities this month just cause it's kind of been crazy, but it's not going to be off our plate for the coming months. You know Of what I course mean? not. Yeah. And because of, uh, not to, not to tie this in, but because of the official sort of book signing and all the stuff that I'll be doing for my second novel, I will be so heavily entrenched in all the book stuff over the next couple of months, even after the theme of the show changes. I would love to tie all that into spending some weekends going and volunteering some time at some different charities that may be tied into reading and literacy. Yeah. Leading up to school would be good too, I yes, think. Yes, indeed. Right? Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to say is if there's anybody that owns you know, a larger business out there or something and would like to be a sponsor... You know, an organization like Bags of Hope, right. reach out to us as well. They are in definite need of sponsors to help them keep their program going throughout the year, you know, through, through especially the summer months where it's, you know, dipped down a little bit. Because I know, you know, they had had an event the 23rd that we couldn't go to because we had already had things booked or whatever. But every month, Bags of Hope, Central Florida is still where they say they're going to be. That's right. And they're always helping with 
families in need all the time. It's not just that once a month. I mean, they're always constantly trying to do job placement or providing things that families need up from a day-to-day basis and just helping. So that's right. Yeah. If you if you're looking for an awesome organization to be a sponsor of, please reach out. We would love to get you in contact with Rhonda and Mark and so that you can kind of see what they're doing. And on that note, there is a we are are proud to be part of and happy to announce the Golden Warrior Festival coming up in September here in Apopka. The purpose of the festival is to raise awareness of childhood cancer. Uh, awareness equals funding, funding equals cures typically. So what we're doing here is I I spent the past weekend putting together, or the past week actually at night, putting together the website for Elena Rawls, who I mentioned, uh, I think in one of our Facebook lives, her son Aiden was diagnosed with cancer. And so that's kind of got this whole process started for her to raise awareness to also make it like a fun event for people to come to. So Angie and I will be working with Elena and that group to help paint Apopka gold, as they call it. So we'll have some more details on that coming up. So the event itself will be at Beefo Brady's in Apopka on September 7th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There'll be like uh, bounce houses, a big car and truck show. Uh, You can buy t-shirts to help support it now, which um, I'll put links in the show notes to the Golden Warrior website, where you can donate to Alex's Lemonade Stand, a foundation that is helping to raise money for childhood cancer. Um, that's where all the proceeds for this event will go. And uh, we're, we're proud to be part of it. There'll be a lot more information coming on that as we get closer to it. But Yeah, so next week, we'll definitely have the details on how you get your gold bow. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Quickly, so we'll awesome. have we'll have the details because we want to start that a few months ahead of time, right? Indeed. Um, so that we can get the orders for the bows, and then we can really in September is when we really want to focus on painting the town. The gold. town gold. Great. That's awesome. So just uh, a couple of quick tidbits here. So I also want to give a couple statistics about childhood cancer that I found really shocking when Elena passed this information on to me. But every day on average, 43 children are diagnosed with cancer. And every day on average, 250 children die from cancer. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the value in raising awareness helps to raise funding. And as I said before, funding may not always equal a cure, but it is the only way we're ever going to find a cure is getting the right funding to get the right research done. So we certainly appreciate anyone and everyone that are involved in helping to raise awareness, that are helping to contribute to this uh, cause and to this event. And again, I'll post links on how you can sign up. If you have a car or truck you'd like to have in the show, there's an entry fee for that, but all the proceeds will go towards the uh, research and funding through Alex's Lemonade Stand. Same thing if you buy a t-shirt. Angie and I just bought one. Mm-hmm. Highly encourage everybody to do it. If you you know, if you don't have a car or truck, that's an easy way to do it. And then you can wear the t-shirt to show that you're trying to help make a difference as well. You actually pick the t-shirt up the day of the event. That's so right. Good point. it's going to bring you to the event, which is really cool. And I was just thinking too that um, events like this that Elena is trying to organize, it not only brings awareness, I was thinking how it can bring support to the families that don't know where to turn. Yeah. It's a community. You know what I mean? They unfortunately they have something like this in common, which is horrible. Sure. Right? None of us want to ha- wish that on anybody, but it's it's a, a support system. So if you have, you know, got this this news 
in your family, here's a here's somebody you can turn to for some support. Yeah, yeah. indeed. That does wrap the show. But, you know, we want to hear from you guys. Of course. So call in 407-490-3899. That's 407-490-3899. I sound like a disc jockey now all of a sudden. <laughs> hey. Um, or you can email us at feedback at com. Thoughts, issues, questions, suggestions, just want to say hi, whatever it is. We'd love Anything to hear from all. you. That's right. Anything at all. And, you know, social media, fine and dangy. That's right. And, you know, please rate and review us. We like to hear the feedback that of what you think about the show. We yes, love doing it. We, we do. want to keep doing it. And it's just something we do in our spare time. And we're really enjoying it, just interviewing people every week and getting the word out about whatever it is we have the need to talk about. Yeah, indeed. And remember, podcasts you can listen to anytime. Listen to us in the car. Take us to work with you. That's right. And... We recently discovered that it actually works now, but if you have a smart device like a Google Home or an, I don't want to say the word, but a, let's call it Lexa device in your house from Amazon, or if you have an Apple HomePod, as we now have, you can ask it. So if you have an Amazon device, you just say the wake word, play the It's All Fine podcast, and it will pick up and play the latest one. If you have a Google Home device, you can say, okay, the wake word, play the It's All Fine and D-A-N-J-E-E podcast. You have to spell it out on Google. I don't know why. And if you're on an Apple device like a HomePod, you can just say, play the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. So that's an easy way to play it if you don't know how to get into all the apps and you don't want to do all that stuff. I just want to add that. I thought that was cool because we tested that this past week and it works really well. And hey, guys. What can you do today to make a difference in someone else's life? Great question. You know, I just like to give those little reminders. Yes. Oh, well, that's Somebody good. in your family, somebody that you don't know, stranger, you know, donation to something, volunteering your time, whatever it may be. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for tuning in every week. And thank and, you so much for saying thank you so much twice. And whatever. Thank you so much. Whatever. And always remember, at the end of the day... It's, it's all, all fun and dandy. Talking white. <laughs> <laughs> I already said all. Pause. And guys, as always, we appreciate you so much. We appreciate you listening every week. We appreciate, appreciate, appreciate you. I wonder how many times I can say appreciate. You're going to start it over. Oh my God. I love when you go. And guys, what do you need to do to do something different in somebody's life today? <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you. And thank you so much for tuning in every week. Thank you so much for saying thank you so much twice. Whatever. Whatever. Dan can edit those things. So thank you. And always remember. <laughs> Stop. You have a lot of editing to do. And always remember, at the end of the day, it's, it's all fine and dangy. 
that was fun. 